Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Warning. The following podcast, which contains strong language and mature content, is unsuitable for children or for the faint of heart. The subject matter discussed will be frightening and graphic in nature. Listener discretion is advised. When you want to hear about the paranormal, you get the spook. Girls, true crime that makes you hypothermal with the three spooked girls. Stabby snippets will give you dreams. Tara and Jessica will make you Spooksters, and welcome back to another Vital Conversations here on Three Spooked Girls. We are joined today with Josh from Haunting Season, and we are just going to dive in and interview style. I know this is new for some of our listeners. We've only done this a handful of times. So Josh, we want to say thank you for joining us on our new journey of a new segment on our (laughs) show. Yeah, thanks for having me. Am I the third spooked girl? Right now you are. Today you are the honorary. (laughs) Awesome. Oh, oh and I'm here, guys. Ghost host. I'm here, guys. Say, Jessica yeah. forgot about me. Oh, like, yeah, sorry. Just <laughs> failing epically it's today, okay. guys. Of course, yes. I'm joined with Tara. <laughs> well, I'm here. It's yes. really funny because last time, like, I did an intro and I did not introduce our guest. I introduced Tara, I introduced myself. <laughs> I said what we're doing. And then I was like, and he was just started like, talking. And I was you like, keep- <laughs> <laughs> gotta keep the listeners on their toes so i'm just yeah, doing the opposite today i'm just like i'm just gonna introduce the, <laughs> the guests not I'm here, it's fine. <laughs> but yes oh my gosh yeah thank you so much for coming if you would like to start us off kind of tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and what you do and then we'll go ahead and get started on our episode today sure in 2013 i started haunting season on youtube as a way to mm-hmm. tell my own scary stories and i did that for i did that every week for two years. I got super burnout, but I was in my 20s, so it was okay. And then I moved across the country to start uh, my current job, which is my career. I do documentary um I do documentary work in rare diseases. And as we were setting up this company, once we got a couple of years in, uh, like seven years in, we were all talking about how do we get our foot back in the door with entertainment? Because all the people who I work with are all artists that met in New York City who are, you know, they want to make movies. And so Mm -hmm. I pitched Haunting Season coming back as a podcast. And we tried that out a little bit. That bled back into YouTube. And then TikTok happened. And I kind of exploded on there. I don't know. It's still kind of a mystery, a wonderland for me. Um, such but a I, weird place. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. And it's weird, too, because what I ended up doing on there, uh, because I do this for a living, I, you know, make content for mm-hmm. the Internet, for people to watch. I really approached it with like, all right, let's try a bunch of stuff and narrow it down to what actually works. And so that was movie reviews. And so I was doing 15 to 17 horror movie reviews a month um, and then trying to fill out the other. I did every single day for two years because I learned nothing in 2013, 2014. Um, Burnout, what's that? (laughs) Yeah, burnout, what? Yeah, I definitely hit burnout once or twice during during the last two and a half years. But now I've kind of gotten into that rhythm where like I have too much content and so I'm able Mm -hmm. to kind of scale back a little bit and I figured out a flow of how to like maintain it. Yeah, for sure. And that's always like so nice when you have that little bank going because you're like, I can breathe a little bit. Yeah, because Jess and I have have been the same way for the last like five years. And then we kind of were like, okay, we have to figure out a way to like, so we can feel like we can breathe because you know, we we do this. um, And obviously, you know how this kind of content takes up like 
a lot of our free time. Other creators know, uh, listeners and stuff may not. And then on top of that, we both have, you know, our, our, our big girl day jobs still. So <laughs> just like, I think that's like a big thing is a lot of times, like you have to find that way to avoid that. Cause it can happen so fast. The burnout can. And I feel like for me, I'm such a people pleaser, recovering people pleaser still that it's like, I feel like I'm failing my, you know, Mm -hmm. like viewers, listeners, what have you, if I'm not pumping out stuff, because like same thing, like a couple years ago, I was doing cases like every single day on TikTok and it just, yeah, it's, it's an insane amount of work. (laughs) It's an insane amount of work. And I have, I have a respect for the people who are doing it as a job. Mm -hmm. Um, And I, I can see how that works. (laughs) sort of um but it's got to be even more taxing than this already is i mean i'm Mm -hmm. i'm writing constantly i'm filming batches of like 15 to 18 sometimes 20 at a time um Mm -hmm. and then the editing is the part that i just i'd never want to i never want to edit ever again if i could afford (laughs) to hire someone i would hire them immediately right now and it would be for Mm -hmm. editing oh my gosh yeah so Fun story about me. So before I moved into my like more corporate job that I have now, I actually did freelance editing on top of our show for maybe two or three years. I can't remember mm-hmm. exactly. And time. and just it's it's so it was like, oh my God, it was so exhausting. I could have kept going, but I was just like, damn. So then I we we thankfully got to a place we hired our editor that we've had. And it's just like, I swear, it is the best money spent because it helps so damn much (laughs) you know so it's great yeah it definitely changed the way we were able to like actually record and actually be able Mm -hmm. to like produce like produce content because a lot of times we would be like okay we're gonna cut this we're gonna cut a lot of stuff out because we didn't want to edit it ourselves because we just didn't have the time Mm -hmm. and now it's like well it's going to someone else so (laughs) we we're gonna let them handle it yeah yeah no it's it's been great having that And I mean, in the five years that we've done this show, once we started going, like every Monday was an episode and then now we're twice a week. We don't, Mm -hmm. we don't take, like, we don't take seasons. We don't take breaks. We just, Mm -hmm. we do all and that. We just keep going. Yeah. (laughs) That's great. (laughs) And it's, it's so fun. It's so great. And I love the, like the learning process, but also it's like one of those things where like, if we want to take a vacation, like what our listeners probably don't know is that when we want to take a vacation, we have to then like, we call them like marathon recording sessions where we'll like mm-hmm. sit down on a Saturday yeah. or a Sunday and we'll record for eight hours. And yeah. by the end of it, your voice is hoarse, you're tired, you're exhausted. And it's all just so that we can have that, like that break, but it's worth it. Cause we love our listeners and we love, you know, producing content. So. And breaks are important and consistency is important. Yes. Yeah. Big time, big time. Yeah. yeah. It's really hard when you see shows that you like and they're constantly taking breaks and you're like, Ooh, mm-hmm. like you were just getting good episodes, like going, like, especially if they do like the seasons, like multiple episodes. Then you get, then you're case. like, Demon. And then, you're like, <laughs> like into this, and then they're like, and we're going to take a two month break now. And you're like, well, no. And so <laughs> 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 I'm like, ah, just the thought of that gives me anxiety to take like, a, like they're going to take two months off from recording. I'd be like, I don't know what to do with myself. <laughs> I, I like a month ago reduced from posting every single day to posting four times a week. And the days that I'm not posting, I'm like frantic. I don't know what to yes. do with myself. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. And like, I already have the video made. I already have it loaded up into TikTok. The only thing that I'm missing out on doing is like frantically watching to make sure that someone watches it and like filling out the description, which I, you know, I don't know if that actually has anything to do with video views at all. I have no idea. (laughs) <laughs> I have no idea. I have no idea how any of this works. I just know that I, I really like meeting people and this has helped me yeah. meet a lot of people. Yeah, no, definitely. Like, I think that's been like a really great thing, not only with TikTok, but just creating any kind of content in any medium. You know, you do get to meet mm-hmm. such cool people that y- if you weren't doing it, you would have never met them ever. So I love it. I love it. Especially us being in this like spooky genre as well. It's nice to find like-minded people. So it's, it's great. But I, I have to know, what was your first horror movie like ever? Do you remember? I don't really, I don't really know. Well, what- I know the one that stood out. Um, okay, that works. Yeah. Yeah, because 
I the timing is all a little bit muddy, and um, if you've watched a lot of my content, you might know this about me. But um, I have aphantasia, so I don't um, I don't visualize with my brain. I don't see images, and so mm-hmm. memories are a little bit tough for me. I need that trigger of like a photograph or you know something popping up in time hop. But I know I was always interested. Like my buddy Brent and I, when we were in elementary school, would always get his parents to get us Twister and Jurassic Park because we knew we liked those movies and because they were scary. And then all we did was talk about Jurassic Park and play Jurassic Park and play Twister, you know, with like Playmobil. So like that fear was always interesting to me. But I know what what like turned that into, oh, I like horror movies was my dad came home one day. I can't remember exactly when it was but i think i was in like fifth grade and he had just seen the sixth sense in the movie theater and Mm -hmm. he was talking to me about it and he was like it was the scariest movie i've seen since the movie alien and i was like well tell me more tell me more and so i after like hearing a little bit he really didn't share a lot of details but after hearing a little bit i was like i want to be that brave i want to be able to do that and the first time that i like faced that fear in a like really big way was going to see the ring in the movie theater Mm. and that scared the living daylights out of me but i was obsessed (laughs) like immediately obsessed it's still my favorite horror movie and uh, when the dvd was released i bought the dvd and i would go to people's houses because the first time you put it in a machine i don't know if it still does this but whatever version i had Mm -hmm. the first time you put it in a dvd machine it would only play samara's video and then it would (gasps) kick the disc back out and so i would go to friends houses and be like oh you got to watch this horror movie and then it would do that and people knew about it because there was so much talk about it and then they would freak out and then i would have their phone number you know i'd like figure out how to get their phone number because i think cell phones were like just becoming a thing Mm -hmm. and my parents would like let me borrow theirs when i left the house so i would get their phone number and i would make the phone ring (laughs) i love that so much that is literally the best that is so (laughs) great oh my gosh yeah the ring terrified me when i saw it and i didn't watch it for a long time after that watch plenty of other movies but i was just like nope Mm -mm. Yeah, that one one. really did it for some people. Yes. I've actually never seen The Ring. Okay, here's the great thing. You're an adult now, so things aren't as scary. (laughs) So I finally got my wife to watch it on Halloween. And... um. And I just kept telling her over and over for like months leading up to it. I was like, someday you're going to watch The Ring. It's my favorite scary movie. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and so finally her friend was here and it was on her list of like, you know, 31 movies to watch during October. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was like, let's do it. Let's do it. It's really just it's really just a mystery where you're mm-hmm. learning facts at the same time as the main character. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's like a big scare at the beginning, a big scare at the end. And then there's some spooky stuff. But it's a ghost story. So it's like not that. That's scary. Yeah. And it really isn't like now as an adult. I think if you're a kid and you're still in that like curious phase of like, do I like horror movies? It's going to scare the shit out of you. (laughs) But but yeah, as an adult, I think you'll be 100% fine. It won't be like what you have built it up to be in your head. Actually, you can watch it with me next time you come, Jess. Uh, for me, it's oh, like I I had really like when I say terrible, I actually had very loving like step siblings. Um, but my stepbrother really liked to fuck with me when I was like we'd watched a scary movie. So movies like the listeners know like movies that scared me as a kid were like not scary movies. Mm-hmm. But like for instance, like, like Mars Attacks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my brother found that one very scary. <laughs> it's the fucking eyes, I tell you. It's the yes. It's for something about it, and I did not like it. But like Edward Scissorhand was like a big thing in our house. Mm. Uh, my mm. stepbrother told me that the story wasn't true, and that um, he actually used to like abduct little girls. Oh yeah, and cut them with their his scissors, <laughs> and then he was like so rude. and basically made it so that I believed him and like I remember like I came downstairs and like I have very few memories with my biological father but this is one of them and I remember like coming downstairs I was like shaking and crying and they were like what's wrong with you and I was like Vincent said that Edward Scissorhands gonna come cut me up and they were like they just like like he's sitting there laughing because he's like seven years older than me and so he's like dying and I'm just like this is the worst thing I was like six or so I don't know it was terrible yeah so I've just always been like the resident like scaredy cat like i love slasher movies like 
give me a good like knife stabbing. I'm all about it. And also I think it has to do with the fact that like my parents, like, you know, like being raised in my Christian cult, I was very sensitive to like demon-esque stories. So I was Mm -hmm. like, no, no, no. The ring seems on par with that. (laughs) So it's funny because, uh, well, two things. One, I never did slashers growing up. I saw Freddy, uh, the first Freddy Krueger movie, Nightmare on Elm Street. Mm -hmm. And I thought it was like really wonderful, (laughs) like from an imagination standpoint. But I was like, I just was like, I don't want to watch just like gratuitous gore and and sexuality on screen because, again, yeah, I grew up Christian also. And so that's where I drew the line was because I thought all slashers were like legitimately like let's show as much boobs and as much blood as humanly possible. Mm -hmm. And so as an adult, as I'm like going through them now, I'm like, holy cow, there's story. I had no idea. (laughs) It's such a stupid thing the the demonology and and like the religious horror and all of that that's what i gravitated to my dad's a minister Mm -hmm. my brother ended up becoming a minister my mom's dad was a minister but i was like i want the dark side i don't i don't want all this like oh you'll be forgiven no i want to see people get punished (laughs) (laughs) love it but the i think you actually would like the ring just because we both kind of got more into like japanese like folklore and ghost Mm -hmm. stories and stuff like that so i think I think it would be up your alley as far as movies go. As like I'll watch an adult. it the next time I come to your house. I'm not going to watch yes, it by myself. You know I, I can't. We'll watch that. it together. <laughs> like, I'm the person who sits there and just like thinks about the like it in her head right before she goes to bed. Mm-hmm. And then I dream about it. And I don't like having those type of dreams. So I'm like, I just won't watch that kind of shit. Because I don't want that the dream scape happening in my head so mm-hmm. uh, but yeah no i love slashers in fact my favorite horror movie is like literally probably everyone's <laughs> least favorite horror movie no I it's halloween movie. h2o i love that movie i haven't seen that one yet oh my god it's oh, i've done so up to halloween five good. i've seen the rob zombie ones and i've seen all the new ones so that's okay. like the one section i haven't seen yet i love it it's so <laughs> It's just like the, like, I don't know. It's the worst of the worst, but I love it. It's just like, I mean, it's cheesy. Right. It's cheesy. And not really scary. Yeah. It's, it's funny. Not. And Josh Hartnett. For sure. So I was like a huge Josh Hartnett fan. So I was oh, like, yeah. tell me more. And so <laughs> I was, you know. I just want to interject right now because we are, it's like, it's so easy to like name your favorite horror movies and everything, but especially when we mention um, Halloween, the strike that's going on right now, I don't know when this episode will come out. I know you bank your content, but Mm -hmm. the the strike that's going on, the studios are being like real jerks about everything. um, And it's a really, really big deal. And so if you're going to go out and watch these movies, watch them for the actors, watch them know that you're Mm -hmm. supporting the actors. Um, We're not being asked to not watch these movies, but as a content creator, one of the things that's been asked to me is not to promote these movies Mm -hmm. at this time. But it's really, really hard to come on a show and talk about the history of your love of horror without mentioning any sorts of shows. So I just wanted Mm -hmm. to take a second to mention The Strike because I do stand with SAG and the WGA and, and they're on the right side of history and we all need to be. So that's my little disclaimer. Like we've talked about it because like one of the things that we do on Thursdays is we review like uh, documentaries. And though I don't know if documentaries are like really being affected by this so much because they're more like indie, but it's because of the platforms they're on. Like we Mm. do a lot, like Netflix has a ton of, of documentaries and it kind of like for me sometimes i'm like well fuck because netflix is one of the biggest like Mm -hmm. violators of paying uh, actors and creators and i'm just like you know what tara and i talked about this we're like we're kind of in a rock and a hard place because it's like where else do you get this kind of content to review yeah i i was really confused because i'm going through like all this bank content that i have and i was like oh Mm -hmm. great i have a couple of months and then i get to go on vacation and then I'll come back and start worrying about content like casually mm-hmm. when I come back. And then the strike mm-hmm. happened and I was like, I have nothing. There's nothing. Um, yeah. And so going through, I'm like going on Wikipedia and seeing what the distribution company was, what the production studios were. And it's mm-hmm. all so convoluted. And I didn't realize Shutter is owned by AMC. Um, mm-hmm. And so and, and then that all kind of branches kind of towards NBC and Universal. And like, mm-hmm. it's all so, so stitched together. Right. Um, 
And it's also confusing because there's no real like mega list of like, these are the bad people. You know, you just kind of have to dig and dig and dig and dig. And it's a lot of work. So we're all going to get it wrong at some point. Um, But I think if our intentions are in the right place and if we're still talking and and bringing attention to the strike, then, you know, I I think we're doing our best. 100%. 100%. Yeah, there was definitely some stuff we had on our schedule that we took off because of that. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, no, for sure. For sure. But with that going on, that does give us opportunity to kind of like check out foreign films. Yeah. Um, short films, you know, especially like we're creators too. And there's so so many indie people that make such great short movies. So we can talk about that. And I am not really super, super familiar with international horror. So whatever advice or where to start. Yeah, let's start there. Are. Yeah. Because um <laughs> I brought a list because I am really bad at remembering things like when people are like I like I know now, but when I first started doing podcasts people were like what's your favorite movie and my brain just goes <laughs> and you get that like <laughs> ringing works. sound when the bomb goes off in like the war <laughs> movie. Um It's so hard. And usually I take these interviews in my office where I have like my full wall. So I'm like kind of doing the interview backwards, looking at my bookshelf, trying to figure out movies. But I made a list, the very, very top of my list. And I haven't seen a lot of foreign films. And a lot of them are from kind of the same areas of like Japan. And um, I have a couple of Thai ones. I have one from Indonesia on here and then Korea. But uh, The Medium is my all time favorite foreign film, foreign language film that I've ever seen. It's done in a documentary style. So it's like found footage, but a documentary. And I travel a lot for work internationally. And it looks like, and this is why I think I was drawn to it, it looks like the types of footage that I would capture on these trips. And it's just beautiful B-roll. Takes place outside of Bangkok, I think. I can't remember. I watched it a little while ago, but it is in Thailand. And um, the story is of this, like, family, the daughter becomes possessed. Mm -hmm. And you see it kind of through, like, security camera footage and, like... all of these like you know there's there is a documentary crew there so you have like sit down interviews with people and it just escalates and escalates and escalates and the third act there's like a good 20 minutes that just sits in infrared like captured at night while everyone's sleeping and I had to turn on every light in the house when this was done and I still got scared because the trash can was in the wrong place and I thought it was the girl and as an adult this was last year this is at 36 years old (laughs) I'm putting this in my notepad right now. Yeah, it's called The Medium. I googled it, it and it said it's the scariest movie of 2021. 100%. Um, and a lot of people put Bad. up there with it, uh, Noroi, The Curse, Ganjam Haunted Asylum, The Wailing. Like, those are all ones that people kind of put on that list. But for me, The Medium, nothing has beaten The Medium yet. And I think... As an adult, that's the closest I've gotten to, like, that little kid watching The Ring in the movie theater. Oh, I am so excited. I'm going to make my wife watch this with me. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. I love that. Yeah. I Like I said, I really not really watched any, so I'm pretty much just going to be writing down every single suggestion you have because that's that's a thing too i think when you watch a lot of horror or consume a lot of horror it's hard to get scared just because we're so used to most of the tropes and everything you know what i mean one of the ways i combat that again because i travel a lot so i have this Mm -hmm. privilege but i really love watching a found footage film and especially one that's a foreign language film so that i have to stay glued to the screen reading the subtitles in a hotel room in pitch black with the curtains drawn and and like the night that i get there because I don't know the layout of the room. I don't really know where I am. And then it's just pitch black with just the screen. Like it's, yeah, that's, that's it. That's like it for that. me. No, I like that. That's, that's really great. Cause it's like, you're kind of curating your own little horror experience. And yeah. it's so uniquely to like your specific needs for horror. For me, it's like, I can sit on my couch and watch like the basic <laughs> of horror movies and text terror. Like I haven't slept in three days. <laughs> I actually I, I watch a lot of them on my iPad like on the airplane I need to get one of those privacy screens because occasionally I'll get one where it's just like 15 minutes of tits and then it's like okay uh, hmm, <laughs> hope there's no kids sitting behind me but you know you never know what you're gonna get with these <laughs> mm-hmm. I also feel like on airplanes like watching movies like people should keep their eyes 
to their screens. Like everyone yeah. has their own devices mm. or a book. Keep your eyes like when I can't, I just came back from visiting Tara. Mm. And at one point I like I read, but I also have to have like something noise in the background. Mm-hmm. So I'll put on a movie in case I get bored reading. I'll just like watch the movie for a little bit. And like I was watching Ever After on my way to her and I was reading a book and I look over and like this dude is just watching my iPad. Like, he does <laughs> like there's I don't have I didn't have like closed captioning on. So it's not like he's reading subtitles or anything. It's just and I'm like, what the f- I just looked at him like, what the fuck are you doing? This so is I not- have this I have this move that I do when things get really intense in a horror movie and I'm like a little embarrassed that I'm watching it in a public place. <laughs> the iPad fits mm-hmm. directly like the the like the fold behind your knees if you're sitting it'll slide into that like a little holder and then i can like put my arms like my forearms on my legs and like kind of do this and it becomes like a private screening room for a couple minutes but yeah that's my move when like someone starts taking off their clothes or someone's like getting really violent so some other foreign film recommendations so i mentioned neroy the curse that was a big one that was going around for a little while i didn't find it particularly scary but it is one of the most creative found footage kind of documentary style it doesn't have the sit down interview so i think it really is found footage but it involves a lot of asian television with like all the text on the screens and like little kids with like powers and yeah it's just like it's spooky not super scary but really creative and kind of blows your mind when you think about like comparing it to a, your typical American horror film. Other ones I mentioned a minute ago were Ganjam Haunted Asylum. That one's really scary. That's like, um, if you saw Deadstream, it was on oh. Shutter. It, it's like um, a guy, like a YouTuber, like an annoying YouTuber who goes to like, oh, a haunted mm-hmm. house. Yeah, so this mm-hmm. is basically like a real place. The Ganjam Asylum is a real abandoned place in Korea, I think. It's supposed to be one of the most haunted places over there. And so this group of kids decide to do a live stream so that they can make a certain amount of money by getting a certain amount of views. And so they're all wearing these like GoPro sessions that shoot both directions around Mm -hmm. their necks and they're kind of bolted into them. And then they have like cameras as well. And then they set up cameras all inside. But the whole thing is, you know, kind of early on in the film that the guy directing them in this live stream has set things to go off because he's like, well, you know, you don't capture paranormal stuff on screen. So it's like a setup. But then, of course, it's a horror movie. So (laughs) (laughs) twists and turns happen. And it has some like really, really scary stuff that happens where you're just like, how are we still looking at this? How are we still looking at this? I love that so much. Yeah, I, I, I really need to dive deeper because like I have my list of like maybe let's say one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. I'm nine. I haven't even mm-hmm. seen ten that I can think of. And you know, like I've seen Ringu because of the ring, but I just I prefer the American one because of my personal connection to it and how I mm-hmm. saw it. But yeah, every single time I watch one, it's so hard to put on a film and be like, Oh, I'm gonna read subtitles for the next two hours. Yeah. But the the <laughs> like five minute mark, you almost always lose yourself or you're not mm-hmm. interested in the film, you yeah. know, and mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know why it's so hard to just press play on those. Yeah, I know. It's like you have to be in the right mindset to to fully pay attention because, you know, we all have those like movies and shows we can just kind of like like jazz how you read, you know, you could do like mm-hmm. other stuff and be distracted. You're like, no, I have to pay attention to this. So it has to be at this date and time <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I can actually enjoy it, you know, so There's I get that, that like. Sure that I think it's an Alice in Wonderland, like uh dystopian um, kind of like horror series that's on Netflix. Mm-hmm. I can't remember the name of it right now. It's basically like all of the characters reflect somebody in Alice in Wonderland. And mm-hmm. um I was like, my brother had come for Christmas last year and he's like, Oh, I want to watch this. And I was like, oh, I don't really want to spend like my Christmas break reading subtitles. But then like halfway through the first episode, I'm like, we must watch all of this. I must know what happens. And and after a while, you just kind of like melt into the screen that like, you don't even really like, you're not missing any content. It's just because I know that's a lot of a lot of people are like, well, I don't really, especially if you're not like an avid reader, Mm -hmm. subtitles can be daunting because you're like, I have to read and and watch at the same time. But it was so good. I didn't finish it because once he left, I was like, (laughs) I was like, okay, now I have to sit and watch this. And then I just got out of the headspace for it. But it was really good. Yeah, nice. 
It was really good. Is it called Alice in Borderland? Yes, I think that's what it's called. I've never heard of this. I just had to huh. Google it because I'm I loved Alice in Wonderland as a kid. Yeah, it sounds very... so interesting. Oh, it's it's so basically the premise is is that I think it's like three or four friends that uh, these, mm-hmm. uh, these guys are like. One is definitely like a slacker, like he's like not getting a job, blah, blah, blah. They kind of get sucked into this. I want to say, I think for my understanding, it's like an alternate reality of, I think they're in Tokyo. I can't remember. Mm -hmm. But so basically they have to then to to survive, you have to play all of these games and you have to earn like cards and like you have to earn a whole deck to get out of the game. Wow. That's so interesting. Right. Because the games, people die in them. Ooh, oh, and it's got like, two okay. seasons. Yeah, no, it's good. Like it's kind of like more like violenty, kind of like gory, but it definitely has that like jump scare. Like there's a lot of jump scares in it for at least for me. But yeah, mm-hmm. and like at one point in time, <laughs> they end up at this like it's now it was a like a hotel resort, but like this dude is kind of like in charge of it, and he's basically having everyone go out and play to earn multiple decks of cards so they can escape it's really great like i loved it it just once my brother left i was like uh no one's forcing me to sit and watch this right now and yeah and like like tara said i can't read and watch like i can't read a book and then watch that show mm-hmm. yeah sometimes the series can be a little taxing for me because with a movie you you know you've got that runtime and then it's over but then right. you have to keep coming back to this world like mm-hmm. a buddy at work wanted me to watch i think it's called all of us are dead which is another one that's on the same platform and mm-hmm. it's a uh, mm-hmm. foreign language and i watched the first episode it was awesome but who boy i mean like involved all kinds of of murders <laughs> you know and it was just like oh i think it's a zombie thing but um but yeah sometimes the zombie things can can really get to me because it's just like over and over and over again i'm not a big zombie fan the stereotypic sound that zombies make really mm-hmm. me. yeah like i refuse to watch walking dead because of the fact it's just like hours and hours of zombies making weird sounds and I'm like, yeah oh. you're not missing much after the first couple <laughs> seasons yeah <laughs> I, I i couldn't even sit through the first season like my ex loved it and he watched like it all the time. i was like i don't care like he'd be like oh this is what i'm like i don't care it came at a really good time you know like people were legitimately very very excited for it but i don't know how they have so many spinoffs now it's like right. how could there be more mm-hmm. how could there be more story to tell i don't know <laughs> it's the same thing every day <laughs> it, it literally i feel like sometimes it's the same stories over and over again mm-hmm. and they just like Put new characters in the same situations. I follow the writer of um, John Dies at the End, who also writes other books with like great titles that are, uh, his name's Jason something. I can't remember his last name, but I follow him on TikTok. But he was mentioning, he's like, I don't understand why in any of these post-apocalyptic worlds, no one's riding a bicycle. It doesn't make any sense. Bicycles are everywhere. They're silent mm-hmm. for the most part. They get you somewhere really fast, but all these people are just walking like, boy, it sure sucks <laughs> to walk from town to town. Like, no one's using bicycles. Where are they? Oh my god. that's And then he goes into point. this whole thing about how, like, every time you see a bicycle in a movie, it's always like, oh, that's so quirky. How silly. But, like, most of the world uses them in really functional ways. Yeah. Right. No, yeah, no. That is, like, a big plot hole and i really need people to answer that question i know it's like think about like i belong to the facebook group for like my neighborhood and Mm -hmm. most of the time it's so like oh here's a ring camera footage of someone stealing a bike i'm like if it's that easy in a non-apocalyptic world you know how easy it would be in an apocalyptic world where you're just like i'm gonna go just grab it i'm gonna take it yeah i've seen i think i've seen like episodes of the walking dead where they're like walking through a garage and there's like a bike hanging on the wall and they're just like there's nothing here for us and you're like now i'm gonna be like no literally (laughs) yeah it's gotta be the writers being like no we're not putting them on a bike what are they gonna ring the bell it's like you don't have to ring a bell if you're riding a bike no <laughs> you could also get like a mountain bike you could get like a cool like the uh, big you know, tire like, bikes yeah, yeah. Like, get you get a tandem bike with like three people on it yeah that's such a great idea <laughs> it's all yeah i mean it's such a functional thing I love this that's that should be the next like short movie that's made it's yeah because the only thing we ever see are yeah. kids on bikes and don't get me started on that rabbit hole because that is a whole genre that is like my 
utmost favorite genre is kids on bikes. And it is a genre. It's a subgenre of horror called kids on bikes. Oh my gosh. <laughs> we can talk about that. This I did not know that was a thing. Oh my god. I, I made it up. I <laughs> you're like, you know, it's like movies. Everybody. I literally started Googling it. I was like, I need to know what this is about. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. It's a subgenre that I have I have deemed it like has to be because there's like 150 subgenres of horror. There's got to be one kids yeah. on bikes. It's Stranger Things. It's Goonies. It's, oh, yeah. um, you know, all, basically anything Stephen King. Yeah. Oh, sacks. <laughs> This is the problem. Stephen King isn't writing The Walking Dead. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a just don't let him direct it. So. I like that we all don't do it. Do you have favorite Stephen King adaptations? No, because mm. I don't really like Stephen King. Who? Mm. He was my first. I don't read a lot um, because it's hard for me, but um, he was my I first. Don't either. My first love when it came to to reading, um, but I don't like the stereotypical ones that most people like. Um, yeah. Like I watched someone rank like the top ten, or it was mm-hmm. like Reddit, like two hundred thousand Reddit users all agreed on what the top ten horror, uh, Stephen King books were, and I was like, well, none of mine are on there. <laughs> <laughs> Which one's your favorite? My favorite is Lisey's Story, and they made it into an Apple TV show, and I watched like two episodes, and I don't know why I never went back. It has like Susan Sarandon in it or something like that. Um, Maybe it's not her. It has someone famous in it. Uh, (laughs) But uh, I I don't know. There was something about that one that I just really loved. It's a woman kind of grieving after her author uh, husband has died, and she's like going through all of his manuscripts, Mm -hmm. and he writes about this place. I forget what it's called, but this like imaginary, like emotional place, and if you go there and stay too long these like bad creatures come but she Mm -hmm. figures out how to like go visit him there in this like dark upside down world basically oh how cool yeah and then there's a whole subplot about someone like stalking her or something that one um firestarter which Mm. has yet to have like a really actually i haven't I haven't seen the Drew Barrymore one, but I assume it's pretty dated at this point. But I was so, so disappointed by the newest one. It was not. Not the business. It was really unfortunate. They just completely yeah. changed the the characters and the story. Like, there mm-hmm. was the only thing that resembled the book were the first, like, 15, 20 minutes. And then yeah. the fact that she could make fire. Like, those were the yeah. only connections <laughs> to the book. Yeah. Really disappointing. I know. Oh, oh, gosh. That always I, makes I me so sad. I pulled up that Reddit that you were mentioning. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And your favorite is on one of the lists. Oh, really? Yeah. Nice. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Well, then that TikTok guy it's... is a liar. <laughs> well, hey, the first, there's like the a, a first. Okay. So this was like three years ago. This was done. So like, it was like one of the first lists. And then there mm-hmm. was like a newer list and it didn't make it. But. Oh, okay. Um, but it was on a list at one point. Nice. Just like, cool. I just, it's like, Stephen King's favorite. I love that. I just think that like, I don't know. I read Stephen King like when I first got into like horror reading and then I was mm-hmm. like kind of burnt out on it. And then mm-hmm. I was just like, eh. What did you, know, do you remember what you tried to read? Oh, I don't know. I've read, I've read like, I used to have a lot because I would just get like, like random ones from the do. library, you know, like mm-hmm. I would go and I'd, yeah. mm-hmm. I'd like pull it off and I would like read it. Um, mm-hmm. This was like when I was in like junior high and then I was just, yeah. I, that was the other thing I thought it was really cool in junior high because I was like reading Stephen King mm-hmm. and people were like, oh my God, she's so edgy. She's reading Stephen King. Like she's so crazy. And I'm, yeah, like, I'm like, still on goosebumps. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't doing it. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> but it was also like, it I think also it was just a little, it was like, like too much at the same time. Cause like yeah. that, but then like I had pivoted and was like, okay, Stephen King. And then Harry Potter. Cause for me, like Harry Potter really came out when I was in junior high. And so, yeah, it kind of gotcha. mm-hmm. just quickly turned. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I like read half of the shining. I remember that. Like, I remember, mm. I don't remember if I thought it was too scary or I just got real bored. Mm. I listened to it a couple of, uh, Oh, God, it was probably like 10 years ago. But I was shooting a wedding up in New Hampshire, and there was like a snowstorm happening. But I had to like get up there before the roads were closed. And I listened to it driving from New York up to New Hampshire. And it was such an amazing experience. But again, it was like so specific to what I was doing at the time. Right. Like, I think if I went to to that or I went to the hotel itself... And mm-hmm. was like, okay, I'm gonna like I could see me doing that, like going to the hotel and like reading the book while it was there. I don't know. I think also because he's so descriptive about like things that don't need to be described, like we all know what the fucking <laughs> apple looks like. 
please stop describing apples to me. Well, he's definitely popcorn horror. It's like, yeah. you know, you yeah. go to certain movies to eat popcorn and like have a good mm-hmm. time. Like that's definitely what his books mostly are. He's got his masterpieces like it, you mm-hmm. know, but then those yeah. are also insanely long so right oh my gosh also, yeah my cup it's like this thick <laughs> <laughs> so i was trying to read it and i was like resting it on my belly and You're like this is so yeah i think uh, uh one of the things i do like about stephen king is he was it was he was talking and i can't remember the other author like they were talking about like oh i'm really he was like i'm really jealous about like how many books you put out because he puts out like several mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. years sometimes it was and, george R. R. martin i think was this oh, conversation yeah. Yeah. yeah and he was like uh it's because i write like six hours a day and i was like i don't think like as someone who writes i can't write for six hours a day but he's also been doing it for how many years right and then i was like (laughs) then then i started thinking about it i was like no like think about your day job jessica like you literally go to work and you do the same things over and over again like that's just Mm -hmm. what he's doing like this is just his work he's like i'm gonna sit down and i'm gonna write for six hours and like but also i think he's also said like writing doesn't always look like someone sitting at a keyboard Mm -hmm. pressing keys Mm -hmm. it's it could be sitting by the lake it could be going to a museum Mm -hmm. like writing is a it's a process that involves you need inspiration and you need to vary that i'm writing a horror movie right now and i know my most productive time is from the the second i wake up because kind of when i'm in a like a transitional phase from like dreaming to awake Mm -hmm. i still have like lots of like activity going on in my brain that's like very creative and very visual and that sort of fades as i wake up um because i'm a very vivid dreamer so from the second i wake up until about 10 a.m. So I trained myself when I was doing the YouTube videos in 2013, 2014. I trained myself to get up at 5.30 in the morning so that I would have from like 5.30 to 7.30 to write every single day. And then I would shower and go to work for the full day and then I would come home, <laughs> you know, again, burnout. But it was really hard to get myself in that rhythm. But once I was in it, it kind of stayed lifelong. Like I wake up a little later now because I'm an adult and I know I don't have to <laughs> force myself anymore. So I wake up at 630 instead of 530. Mm-hmm. But I still have that like creativity in the morning that I kind of structured for myself where I'm like, I just don't answer emails until like 930 at least because I know emails are for later anyway. So like what's in hour you know oh no for sure and i think that's like a really good thing to bring up too because that's another hard thing is setting those boundaries for yourself because you're working for yourself i know for me it's like i see it and my, like my anxiety is like i need to answer this right now and i have to like remind myself like no it's fine it can wait it's not mm-hmm. like nine one one urgent that they need an answer you know right. right away so for sure for sure <laughs> <laughs> you say that like i don't have emails that are like that though I know there, what I'm saying. Yeah. You have you to know how me. to stack them. Like, yes, like the other Different. day we were recording something. I think it was yesterday. We I'm not talking about your job. I'm no, not talking no. about your job, okay? <laughs> <laughs> no, like literally yesterday, like I got an email and I was like, we're in the middle of recording and I was like, Tara, stop. I got to answer this email. Yeah. And she was like, okay. Like, it no, happens. And it, it's, it's like yeah. that boundary for me. Like I started writing like a Vela on Amazon Prime or Amazon Kindle. And I've like gotten away from it. And so like, I'm slowly trying to get back into it, but it's because I've hit writer's block Mm -hmm. when I've written in the past. Like if I get writer's block, it's no big deal because there's no like actual deadline, but this has like, so I'm like several weeks behind what I need to do, but something I've been doing lately and I think it's helping. And it's kind of something you said is that like, I've been making it a point every morning to get up instead of like getting my coffee and like getting in the shower. Like I'm trying to wake up earlier to like actually read for an hour before before my day starts because then i'm in a happier mood and i think when i'm in a happier mood i'm more likely to sit down and write mm-hmm. yeah and yeah that's great I'm, I'm trying to like get that and also for me like reading something actually helps me like write like get inspiration mm-hmm. well yeah and misinterpretation can often lead to like a creative like uh, burst because mm-hmm. i watched kids versus aliens and event horizon kind of next to each other and there were elements of one and elements of another where i was like okay they didn't do this but what if the story was actually this mm-hmm. and then i was like oh wait but no one's done that so i can just do that and it's right. not stealing and it's not plagiarizing because my brain just misinterpreted what the connections were and then that's kind of cool and then also talking uh, to other people that you trust about your manuscript and and what you're working on because they'll most likely give you suggestions that you hate because you don't want other people's suggestions but oftentimes I find that then I go like, no, 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 shut up. I know, I know, I know, I know, I know what to do. I'm laughing because this is me and Tara. Like, I'm like, yeah. and she's like, she's like, do this. And I was like, 
I hate everything. Yeah, they're like, so what if the aliens actually were frogs? And you're like, oh, that's stupid. But yeah, they're going to be they're going to be lizards. (laughs) They're going to be lizard, like amphibian type. Yeah, like obviously you don't understand because you said frogs and that's a dumb idea, but I'm going to do lizards. (laughs) (laughs) They're just going to like be able to like also be amphibians. Like, oh, yeah. (laughs) That's literally how it is, man. Yeah. Yeah. And Tara's like, okay. It's <laughs> a great sounding board for that kind of thing. But like, just like, it's like also fun, like as a creator, like finding that groove of what inspires you is so hard sometimes because like with the pod, it's like, okay, we have, like, it has to be like true crime or paranormal. Like those are our things that we have to mm-hmm. kind of cover. Mm-hmm. And sometimes like, we'll be like, I don't want to do that case. Or I don't want to talk about that. Like, cryptid or i don't want to do that but you're like but this is what our listeners want you know so we got to do and so it can get overwhelming and i think going back to the burnout i think that's where like a lot of people get burnout there should be more ways to help creators to like you know get that like that juice back like when you kind Mm -hmm. of feel the burnt i think one thing we often forget is that we are in an age of we are we are coming from an age of consistency where it's like, well, I want episode 398 of Grey's Anatomy because I want Meredith to have another tragedy. But <laughs> the age that we're in, so I've seen every episode, um, clearly. <laughs> and boy, and boy, could I go off on it. I mean, there's a whole two episodes where she's underwater, like waiting to be sa- anyway. Oh. So, yeah, yeah. And she's like frozen. <laughs> um, <laughs> Is this in the, like the newer season? No, just, no. It's like when they were young and and oh, creative. When, when like oh, I know what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, like, yeah. He like gets knocked into the water, and she's like, maybe I just stay here. <laughs> <laughs> yes, she was just like, <laughs> she's like drowning, right? And she's just like not. It's like her subconscious is talking. Like I'm just not gonna swim. Right. So we we come from that era of television where like every season of 24, they switch between (laughs) Arab bad guys and Russian bad guys. And you're either going to get one or the other. But it's very consistent. And Jack's always like, oh, my wife. Um, But the age that we're in is personality driven. And the reason people are listening to your show, the reason people are watching me on TikTok is not because I strictly talk about horror movies and they're getting their recommendations. They like that, but they're there for my personality. They're listening to your show for your personality. So if you're genuinely interested in talking about Meredith Grey, talk about Meredith Grey, just make it fit within the realm of three spooked girls. You know, we had this conversation yesterday. over, (laughs) Yes. we're gonna yeah. like take every crime from Grey's Anatomy and oh my god oh we are absolutely oh we are this will be so great because listen I so I my daughter um I had her back in 2012 so like 2011 ish when I was pregnant with her I tried to watch Grey's Anatomy and don't 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 watch that show for the first time like four months pregnant because you're going to cry every two seconds. So then I stopped and I never watched it again. And I don't even remember (laughs) what I watched because I have like memory issues and stuff. So yeah, I don't remember anything. So I'm down for this new idea. I've just been told on recording. I've done this to her a couple of times. Like she does, she hasn't watched Yellowstone, which makes me so mad. Okay. I'm not, I'm not finished with it yet. I'm on the final season. So like she hasn't watched it. And so, but we did an episode for like, I believe Patreon. Yeah. We did for Patreon where it was Mm -hmm. like, we took all of the crimes and like what, like we looked up according to like Montana law, like what, what what actually happened would be. (laughs) So so how many years is John Dutton looking at in prison? Is it as much or less than Trump? <laughs> Probably more because, like, most of his carry life sentences. Yeah, true. <laughs> all dead. I heard that Trump's facing if, if like everything came to uh, like a full uh, punishment, like uh, over seven hundred years in prison. Holy shit! Yeah. Well, I don't. But John Dutton is like. But then again, yeah, he like, takes people to the train station, if you know what I mean. I was like, there's murder in this, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Which was really funny because, okay, there's these t-shirts out there that drive me crazy. They're for women. And they say it's a train station kind of day. And I was like, this, if you don't know Yellowstone, people are going to have a different <laughs> connotation of this shirt. Oh, people my God. Very, very open to something that you're not... <laughs> 
or you might not be. And I'm just like, ooh. <laughs> like we were shopping and I was like, this shirt, mm-mm. if you don't know what it means, you're going to get propositioned by some really creepy people. My, uh, I turned on my friend at work to Yellowstone and he ended every sentence with Beth for like a whole week. He'd just be like, uh, yeah, the video's due on the 15th, Beth. <laughs> <laughs> Have you watched the the back one, like the prequels? Uh, I did the the first prequel, which was gorgeous. Loved it. It was fantastic. And then the Helen Mirren one, it went on the like mid-season break or something. And then I never went back for some reason. They're both so good. Yeah, I got to finish that. Yeah. Uh, the first, like, 1883. Oh, you're right. It's beautiful. And Tara lives very close to, like, the whole, like, uh, where she meets her, like, her husband, her indigenous husband. Like, mm. That kind of like just south of her. Oh, so, you're in Montana? No, no. Like um, when they're in Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. Oklahoma oh, in Oklahoma. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh my God. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was thinking the actual show. I the, was, the, no. like, yeah, let's not. No, I was like, yeah. oh, it's like, this is where Tara is. No, so, <laughs> oh, cool. Was like, oh, such a great story. And it's so interesting because like, I've tried to describe it to people and they're like, I don't understand. She dies? And I'm like, well, Jeez. obviously it's 1883. No, matter how right? <laughs> <laughs> like well, she doesn't. She's, yeah, she's very old. She's she's. They hide her. No, but I I love Yellowstone and and I love like I kind of love the drama around it right now. Like I know it's really bad, but I love the fact that there's like salacious gossip. <laughs> yeah. Well, did you know that the writer of that specifically his goal with making this show was to buy the largest possible ranch that he could, and so he. <gasps> He made all these spinoffs and everything, and he actually bought that like Seven H's Ranch or whatever. Oh. Um, yeah, and so he owns that now with Yellowstone money because that was like his goal the oh. whole time. And it, it's just it. yeah, he's yeah. one of the cowboys. Yeah, I read this whole article about how he just has a shed on his property that like has a computer in it with no I internet, and he goes into that shed and will crank out an episode in like four hours. <gasps> he's a really good man. <laughs> I just maybe. Like- Maybe. I I don't know. There's something about him. I'm like, keep waiting for something to drop, you know? He seems like too nice. Oh, no. I, I have like a curse on this show. As soon as I'm like, I like this person, something terrible. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> like, we reviewed Happy Shiny People, and there was this guy on there, and uh, it's the Duggar story um, that came out on like Amazon Prime. I was like, I really like this guy. He's like telling the truth. And then, like, literally, Tara, 30 minutes after we record the episode, sent me an article, and I was like, oh, fuck. He was terrible. I had to like the next episode. Like, I was like, I need to recant my like of him. He's a bad man. I'm really sorry. Oh my God. This happened twice. Now I'm like, "Mm, goodness. Okay. So now. Yeah, off the rails. No, 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 no. It's totally fine. This whole thing has been fantastic. So, real quick, because we also mentioned short films. Yeah. You've got like some recommendations for that. I do. Like obviously if you haven't seen Lights Out, which was the short that created the the feature length, yes. like you gotta see that because mm-hmm. that, that was an anomaly. So um just amazing. But I have been kind of obsessive about watching short films that no one has seen, you know, ones with like really low view counts or like yeah. ones that are recently being released. Um, mm-hmm. And I've created some really cool relationships with people over those. And the first one or one of the early ones was Fiona. It's a four minute Shrek horror story. Yeah. If you just type in Shrek, a horror story, Fiona, a Shrek horror story. So any mm-hmm. sort of combination of that into YouTube, you'll find it. And I got to meet the director at Midsummer Scream the other weekend, and he's just wonderful. And his, his, I won't be able to do this for everyone off the top of my head, but his TikTok mm-hmm. is Locust Garden, and he shows all the behind the scenes of all the shorts he's always mm-hmm. shooting, and they use like big LED screens with like really fancy technology, and it's, it's just fascinating. Love so that. that's Fiona. Um, another mm-hmm. one that just came out over 4th of July was called Deep End. Mm-hmm. Did a video about that. And it's just, it's you. It's one of those things where it's like, again, it's like four minutes long, but it's like the longest four minutes of your life. They got the pacing yeah. and the anxiety and the, the suspense just right. Could easily see that becoming a feature. It's about a kid on a hot summer day that sneaks into a pool in someone's backyard, but there's something beneath the surface. <gasps> 
Yeah. Okay, I can't can't let my kids see that because it took us a while to get her convinced <laughs> yeah. that it's okay to go in a pool. <laughs> yeah, it's it's worse than that. Like when we were kids, we were like, oh, there's probably a shark in the deep end. It's yeah. way worse yeah. than that. So definitely uh, watching your own privacy if you have kids. It's <laughs> probably true for all of these. How, why do why did we believe that there was a shark in the deep end of the pool? Dude, I, I remember thinking that no as idea. a kid too. One hundred percent believed it. I don't remember anyone uh, being like, "There are sharks in pools." Like that was something I knew was not a fact. Like I knew that nope. sharks. Didn't How to get pool. there? Why is it? No. Why is it gigantic? But I can't see it. None of it makes sense. <laughs> why? <laughs> why would I'm standing outside the pool looking in? Is there no Nothing. shark? But when I'm in the shallow end of that right. pool, there's a shark. I can see the in. the pool vacuum swimming around. <laughs> But somehow there's a shark in there. And it obviously <laughs> is not hungry enough to come get me in the in the shallow end. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Uh, another really cool one is um, this one called Rancid Cargo. And that is a Dead Space, the video game. It's like a, a fan film of that. Oh. And it's done really well. Um, and the, the practical effects on the creature are really cool. And the cinematography and the lighting is really cool. That same guy who wrote and directed that one, I'll offshoot in two directions, actually. I think this is him. That was my buddy Jesse, who has been putting out shorts on this other YouTube channel called Deformed Lunchbox. And mm-hmm. Deformed Lunchbox has just incredible terrifying short horror films they also put out one uh recently called crumbs that's really good about a kid who he's been like writing a short story with his dad as like their bedtime story and his dad dies and the story was about this like clown and he he ends up getting like an abusive stepfather and he summons crumbs the clown to like come deal with shit and it's so good it's so good but then the other offshoot with that is the writer and the star of the movie follow her which was an indie film that came out a couple of weeks ago that film blew my mind it's a feature i don't i don't know where it's streaming or where it's available but i know a bunch of people have been watching it and talking about it but the writing of that film is so smart and so good especially when you hit like the halfway mark because like you know Mm -hmm. every indie film you're like okay they didn't get the actors they wanted okay they didn't get the lighting they want you know you you, your brain does that because we're so attuned to like going to the amc and seeing everything Mm -hmm. that you you know all these big studios put out yeah but once your brain adapts to like, oh, no, this film just looks like this, you like totally forget those things. And the the acting is actually like way above par from what we're used to in um, indie, like low, low budget indie films. And the writing is just spectacular. And so she and the main male character actor both are just phenomenal in it. And I can't remember their names. It's okay. <laughs> but it's follow her. I know I even I was on a Zoom call with her, but this happens to me like I went I went to Midsummer Scream and met so many people there that I had interacted with. And like even people I had been on podcasts with my brain just like was short circuiting. I couldn't figure mm-hmm. it out. So I ended up having to be like every person I met that was like, oh, my God, you're haunting season. We spoke about this. And I'm like, can you show me what your profile picture looks like? So that, you know, and then I would yeah. see it and be like, oh, my God, that's you. OK, OK, OK. <laughs> Yeah, no, for sure, for sure. Oh my gosh, so great! All right, so we get to our random question that before we're wrapping we, up. Before we go there, episode. I, do, oh. I had to Google like, why are we yes. afraid of sharks and pools? There's oh, a yeah. there's a psychological oh God, yes. term. It's galliophobia, and it basically is a fear or being anxious that there's a shark in a water that's impo- like it's impossible for that shark to be in. It's literally Whoa. like yeah, it's a real thing. Like, yeah. Also, I looked up, have sharks ever been found in pools? And this is, this happened. There was a base, there was sharks found in a basement swimming pool in New York. Mm-hmm. And pro- probably they put the sharks in there. Yeah. Uh, I didn't mm-hmm. click on the article. Apparently it's so widespread <laughs> that they like developed like a psychological term for it to be like, well, this is what you have. You're afraid of the shark in the pool. Like, I love that. I know oh uh, this is kind of random but kind of connected but i i know from doing a collaboration with someone that mechanical things underwater the fear of that is submechanophobia and oh. so it's like animatronics that have been like flooded in a building or like a downed ship and like that like oh. that feeling that like gut punch feeling of seeing something oh. underwater like that that's not supposed to be underwater submechanophobia that's crazy also my dog just hit my door and i was watching tara's door to see if it was opening <laughs> <laughs> We're in a found footage film. Okay, random question. Yes. You go ahead and ask, Jess. I'll let you. This is how we're prefacing this. 
there's no limit. You can take mm-hmm. whatever you want. You mm-hmm. can, it can be as crazy as you want. Yeah. Uh, you just have to realize <laughs> that. Okay. So what <laughs> items or item would you bring if you were dropped off on a deserted island? It can be whatever. It could be as crazy as you want. It can okay. be as much as you want. But we want to know. Just what items? Just what just items? Few, yeah. Whatever you would bring. Um, mm-hmm. Okay. Really big hat. I sunburn easily. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Not going to do sunblock because that I feel like it'll run out and then that'll just be annoying. So really big hat. I would like to have a shovel and a Mm. fishing rod or at least some like fishing. uh, What do you call that? Fishing line? Line. Line. Mm -hmm. Um, And then my wife and my dogs. And then... (laughs) Are they items? I don't know if that counts. They count. Yeah, they can count. Yeah, and then um, a solar charger and mm-hmm. a camera and a computer. So I could just, like, make films. And then if we're ever, like, found, then I would have all these, like, films that I made that are, like, Desert Island horror films. Yes. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Yeah, I think I could, like, Beautiful. kill and eat love enough it. with, like, a shovel fishing line and, you know. Oh, totally. Mm-hmm. My smart wife. Heck, Yeah. Oh, and a hammock. That. Maybe I can make one, Ooh. but I'd rather just have one. Okay, we're done. That's it. <laughs> Full list. Time. More time for fishing. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> fishing from the hammock if the trees are close enough. Yes. Oh, my gosh. I love that. That's great. No. <laughs> we did like a whole Patreon episode where we asked random questions, and this one stuck out to us. <laughs> and so we're like, we're going to ask everyone. I was so tempted to Dwight Schrute it and be like, a book, but it's hollowed out. And inside... <laughs> <laughs> Like if you were allowed one item, you're like right, right. right. No, but we. I like the whole not just one item. I like what would you like for some reason in this like weird question. It's like you know you're going to be dropped off on this deserted island. So like, what would you like? You have time to go shopping. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Well, thank you so much. Yeah, Yeah, what a blast for joining us. Tell us where we can find you and your content. No, um, (laughs) (laughs) no listener. This is it. It's all you get from him. Yeah, I'm haunting season across the board. Uh, if you want to hear my original scary stories, they're still up on YouTube. I do horror movie reviews and share my adventures and talk about books and uh, all kinds of stuff now on TikTok and Instagram. And I recently just started a Patreon that's linked to a Discord community that has 165 other horror creators so far in it. And we're all just kind of chatting all the time. I have two Patreon members, which is awesome, um, yeah. that are actually actually like paying members and eventually as this thing grows what i'm going to do is use that money that comes in to make my own horror shorts that that i will then share with that community uh while they kind of circulate trying to get into film festivals and stuff love that yeah so thank you so much for joining us today and listeners we will be back on monday with our main episode bye guys (laughs) bye bye